Welcome back to the Reality Serve Real podcast. And today we have a very special treat for you. Um, Michelle is taking some time away because she is um, having her baby. So today we have a special guest host filling in for her today. She is the owner of the earring line, Cooper and Brooke the owner of the of a new plus size clothing line uh boutique or a boutique i'm sorry crown plus size and she is the former host of the rotten bananas podcast we have Allie evans with us today yay thank you guys so much for having me i'm it's so funny that um i'm replacing someone who is having a baby which is like so much more exciting than me being here. So I, I wish that we could like hear more about that than whatever is going on with me, but th- I'm very flattered to have been asked and to be here and, um, join a, a lineup of, um, some amazing women. So thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. And I think Michelle would gladly switch spots with you. Cause she's terrified <laughs> to have this baby. It's big. And already weighing in at, at nine pounds. And she's like, I changed my mind. I want to go back. I don't want to do this. I think she's so, going to do just fine. Yes. Thank, and sure thank you for joining back. us. And I'm sure that when she does come back, that we will hear all about that baby. So yeah, today we are going to be um, catching up with Allie a little bit, seeing what she's been up to. And then also we are going to be recapping um, episode eight of the Challenge All-Stars 3. So... Allie, what have you been up to since the Rotten Bananas podcast? I'm sure that um, there are plenty of people who have (laughs) missed you greatly. Well, that's really nice. Thank you. Um, Yeah, Logan and I, if you listen to the Rotten Banana podcast, you know that the decision to stop podcasting certainly didn't come easy. We were both feeling a little overwhelmed by how frequently the (laughs) episodes were coming out, whether it was on um, MTV or on Paramount Plus. And then we were also doing, creating a lot of other content on the side. We were hosting trivia nights. We were doing cast interviews. And, you know, I list it like it was so laborious and it was, but we were also super blessed to get the opportunities that we got in the challenge podcasting world. But I think we were both ready to take some time to focus on other things and kind of dig into where we were professionally and um, I think we put out our last episode in January. So it's been, it feels like it's been a lot longer because um, we were awaiting the, the beginning of All-Stars 3 and we didn't really know if we were going to do All-Stars 3. Um, all that to say, I, I think, I, speaking for me, I know Logan has also been very committed to his work and he, he's been working really hard. Um I know that I sort of took the time that I was putting into this, into podcasting and put it into some other things that have felt really gratifying. Um, So I can happily report that the reasons that we decided to stop doing this have, I think, paid off for both of us. Um, I've had a lot more time to focus on other things and find them to be very gratifying. And um I def- I definitely miss it. Uh, I'm, I'm really glad that you guys asked me to come do this because as soon as I sat down back in front of a microphone and um, saw your very, very prepared um, notes to do this, I'm I, we never worked with anything like this. So 
Um, I feel like I like am in the wrong class on my first day of freshman year of college mm-hmm. and I showed up to like the senior level um, classes, but yeah, we've just, I, I've been focusing on work and um, focusing on some of, on my side hustles and it's been um, yeah, it's been really gratifying to take some time. Well, that's awesome to hear. And that the notes are all Christina. She's super prepared. So thank you. Christina. I'm super impressed. It I makes it easy for it, someone. It, it makes it easy for someone to come in and feel like ready, you know? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I just like, I don't know how to do it any other way. I mean, I feel like um, I have been a restaurant manager since I was 19 years old and I just like, no, I just have to have things detailed and in order because I, I know that that's what works for me to, I don't know, like figure, like figure things out and get everybody on the same page, I guess. So I don't know. That's just, that's just how I do things. And also like when, I don't know, like when I'm in school, like that's how I take notes for things. And yeah, um, it's very helpful. It makes me feel really prepared to step into this environment that I haven't been in in a long time. So thank well, you. Well, I just want, I just want to make a couple points and then uh, we'll get back to Allie's, um, what she's been up to, but I just want to say shout out to Logan. I love that guy. And I hope, I hope he's doing well, Allie. I'm sure you talk to him all the time, but, yeah. um, and I know y'all are, are greatly missed. Um, but the second thing is I didn't even realize this when we asked you to be on this podcast, what the name of this episode was and how the rotten banana was going to show up. So this is kind of like, yeah, I know. And I have no idea. So this is perfect. I love it. It all. Okay. So since you brought it up, well, I'm just going to go there. So it's all perfect because of course, like, I mean, I don't know like how they, I mean, of course, like somebody figured it out, but like the fact that that episode going bananas dropped on bananas birthday is kind of mind blowing to me that somebody back in October when this was filming thought oh yeah Johnny Banana's birthday is going to be airing when this episode films and I mean or is that a coincidence because that's that's kind of crazy there's a good chance that it's a coincidence but there's also a really good chance that they focus on the people they want to focus on so as it got closer to the time and they were looking for an air date did they start it so that episode eight could land today I hope not. I, I truly hope not. I, I like to think that it was one of those things where it just kind of happened. And so then it just like even goes even further with, you know, you, you being from the Rotten Bananas podcast and having yeah. to be on this, this episode. Yeah. Which I, I had no, nothing to do with naming the Rotten Banana podcast. I always joke that I ended up on the podcast with Logan by accident that was all him and his brainchild. And I just sort of stepped in and ran with it with him. But thanks for mentioning that, Abby. He's doing great. I, um, I miss sitting down with him once or twice a week to record, uh, you know, for an hour, hour and a half. And, um, he is just the greatest person, one of the greatest people I've ever met. And, um, that has not changed even though, um, our friendship isn't, on the record, <laughs> like it used to be. So, um, all of the things that we said about, like, you know, we, we want to 
keep the, our friendship going. And it's really important that we stay super connected. We we've definitely done that. So, um, rest assured that the, the dream team of Logan and Allie are still mm-hmm. very much a dream team. You just don't get to hear it every week. I'm sorry. <laughs> Love it. Love that dream team. Do you think it's more of a hiatus? Do you think you'll ever come back or do you think it's over, over? Um, I think there are other things that we would maybe want to do together that weren't challenge related. Um, we've talked about some of those ideas. Um, I think depending on what the future of all stars is, that's a lot more fun to cover. Um, it it was really good timing because I think the challenge on MTV is going a, a, a new and different direction with the challenge on CBS. Now, um, I feel like we kind of got out of it during this transitional period for the show. So I think if we did come back, it would either be to recap more seasons of all stars if we get them or a completely different project that we just felt excited about together. So, so you've mentioned that and Christina, I just want to say you, yeah. get, you have met so many challenge people and I always get jealous and stuff, but I have met Allie and Logan in real life. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just going to put that out there. That's funny. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, that was a very, very fun trip in Nashville. Um, And it was in February of 2020. And a lot of people got really sick after. And I think maybe we have, we, some of us may have had COVID before it was COVID. Um, But man, that was such a fun trip. And it was so fun to meet you, Abby and um, Logan and I just had a great time. So it was a blast. But yeah, there was a lot of flu going around in the challenge community after that. I got it. Never been that sick in my life. So who knows? Yeah, same. Okay, well, let's talk about Allie's new ventures, or maybe not so new, but (laughs) let's. Yeah, you've been doing a lot of things since the Rotten Bananas podcast. What are some of those things that you've been up to? Um, thank you guys for caring what I'm up to. That's so nice. Um, so I I have always had a jewelry line, Cooper and Brooke. I've had that since um about 2011. Um, I. uh, transitioned into a different type of jewelry. I make earring, I make clay earrings, um, and launched a website in September of 21. And it's been going really well. Um, in 2020, I challenged myself to not buy any new clothing. It was just a personal challenge. Um, I don't know if you guys know anything about fast fashion or clothing pollution, but it's one of the greatest polluters on our planet. Um, something, I think something like a garbage truck full of clothing gets, dropped off at a landfill every second. Um, so secondhand clothing, resale clothing, consignment thrifting, um, is a, is a great way to reduce, um, the amount of waste that you're putting out in the world. Um, and in that experience, I found that a lot of people wanted to do something similar. They wanted to shop secondhand, um, but the opportunities for plus size women like myself weren't quite there. So plus size fashion is behind, other sizes of fashion, um, by about like 20 years. Um, so naturally the secondhand options aren't as, as great. If you, if you've ever gone thrifting, um, and you're below a size eight or you're above a size eight, you've probably had a hard time because size eight is basically eight, 10, 12 is where everything, um, falls. But anyways, I decided to start, 
um, Crown Plus Size, which is an online thrift boutique for um, plus size women or plus size people to shop. Um, and everything is basically like thrift shop prices. It is all secondhand. It is all sourced by me. And um, yeah, I just, I, I hope I can bring a, a safe shopping experience to, to plus size people and, um, and, and make them feel good about shopping um, in a sustainable way. So that, that launched uh, just in June um, this month. Um, and that's been really great. And I do have a full-time job that I do focus on. <laughs> um, and that's been going really well too. So, you know, retiring from podcasting was a really hard decision to make. And we actually thought we were going to do all stars three as well. And I can at least say that the decision to do so has paid off because the time that we are able to dedicate to other things have been going really well. So it feels gratifying to be like, okay, we, we made this really hard decision and it's paying off and I'm seeing things, things sort of the domino effect of this hard decision that is creating other opportunities that are going really well for both of us, both me and Logan. Awesome. I didn't know that about your boutique. That's that, that sounds so cool. Yeah. Yeah, And I didn't know that about the clothing pollution. I mean, it absolutely makes sense, but I just have never thought about it before. Yeah. And when you have, you know, fast fashion pretty much refers to like the forever 21s, the Shein's, um, the, the places that are creating hundreds of new items every year, a, a normal fashion cycle. I mean, if you look at high fashion, a normal fashion cycle is like two collections a year, whereas even H and M is guilty of it. Forever 21, Charlotte Russe, um, Torrid, um, they create hundreds of new pieces a year for like 12, 13, 14 collections. Um, and they aren't really making good quality clothing. They're, Mm -hmm. they're making clothing that you can buy for cheap so that if you only ever wear it once, you don't feel that bad about it. Um, but that is not how we should be viewing fashion. We should be, um, buying things that we can wear for a long time or, um, focusing on, on quality of clothing over quantity. And it's really hard to find that in an affordable way. I will get off my, my soapbox here, but, um, yeah, especially I think for plus size people, um, the, the opportunity for secondhand resale, it's almost like plus size people are clinging to the clothing that they found. They're not able to give it up and donate it to a thrift shop or consign it or put it on Poshmark because they don't know when they're going to find that next great quality piece. So the opportunity to find that for other um, plus size people is, is great. That's awesome. Yeah. Y'all, y'all are too young for this, but in, when I was growing up, it was wet seal. Do y'all know that department store? Absolutely. Or wet not seal, department store, but wet seal. Wet seal, the- five, seven, nine, um, Deb. They were, mm-hmm. they were the forever 21s um, of the yeah. world before, before forever 21 really took off. So. Yeah. yeah. I loved wet seal. That was like my favorite store when I was younger. I, yeah, I didn't know how long because once I got out of my like that little phase was like I was over it like so I didn't know how long it stayed around. That deal was around like when I was in high school. Oh, so for a yeah. while, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it all trickles down the the social media culture of like I can't post the same outfit twice on my social media. That contributes to it. Um, it, it it's such a big picture of of. I'm, I'm sorry, we're focused so much on this, but it's such a big picture of 
how we choose clothing, how we wear clothing, how we shop, who it affects, uh, how it goes into social media, how it goes into like, um, you know, hierarchy at school and the whole thing. So that's awesome. I learned something new today. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like actually really glad that we talked about this. I I just find it so fascinating. That's really cool to learn about. So another thing that I wanted to ask you about, I saw a couple things on your Twitter. One (laughs) is that you are now verified on Twitter. (laughs) So I want to know, first of all, how that happened. But second of all, um, I also saw that you got some type of scholarship for women in radio. So I didn't know if those two things maybe are related, maybe not. I think that they kind of happened around the same time, if I remember right. But yeah, please tell us about that. (laughs) This is, you guys are just so sweet to ask all these things. Uh, um, It's weird talking about yourself, um, even though everyone who left shitty reviews for us on um, iTunes thinks I love talking about myself. I'm actually super awkward right now. Well, I mean, you've been gone for six months. Six months is a long time. People haven't heard you talk about yourself. <laughs> People need to know. People need to know. No, hear. I'm totally kidding. But like, seriously, the, six months is a long time. People are excited to hear from you. I want to hear what you've been up to. And I'm sure that I can't, I'm, I'm not the only one. There were so many people that were excited you were going to be on this podcast just because they want to hear from you. Well, you guys are so sweet. I'm you guys can see me on zoom, but my, my cheeks are very red right now. So thank you. Um, so the scholarship that I received, it's for a program called rising through the ranks. It's in Nashville in August. Um, and it's put on by the national radio advertising bureau. So I work in, in advertising sales when, when I'm not running my side hustles, I do have a a real full-time job. Um, and, radio is still very much radio and the entertainment industry altogether is still very much a male dominated space. So any opportunity to grow as a woman in this space, um, I'm, I'm going to be interested in, I applied for this program. I got my letters of recommendation. They haven't had the program in two years. It's in person. It's in Nashville, which is like, you know, the center of, of radio basically. Um, And I was accepted into the program, which is incredibly exciting. And I was also accepted on scholarship. So um, it's an opportunity that I get to experience for free. Um, They, I've never gotten a scholarship for anything in my whole life. So um, very excited, very um, eager to to learn. And hopefully, um, you know, for me, a big part of being a, a woman in a leadership role is not just learning it for yourself, but finding ways to share the information with other women who want to grow um, as leaders too. So I'm very excited about that. The verified on Twitter thing is, um, you know, it's sort of funny because I would have never applied for verification uh, for anything podcast related uh, when Logan and I did the podcast. I'm verified on Twitter because I am a content contributor for a verified news source um, in Chapel Hill. And when you apply to be verified, they don't just like call you and be like, hey, do you want a blue check? Um, You submit articles that you've written for verified sources. So it's for me, the, the verification is so funny because we quit doing the podcast. We said we wanted to really for me, I really wanted to focus on my career. It took me a really long time to find what I wanted to do. I sort of 
you know, busy beat around in other jobs. And, um, I, I love my job now and I really want to work hard to be really successful at it and create opportunities for other people to be successful at it as well. So we quit the podcast, we focus on our careers and all the times that I thought, oh shit, it would be great to be a challenge podcaster and be verified. I would probably get these great interviews. I would get whatever, whatever it would, it would really further me in this space. I would have never applied for it. But now that I've stepped away and I've had the time to focus on the things that I feel like are going to, you know, carry me in the long run, then I get verified on Twitter because of who I am in my real job. So to, to step away from one thing to focus on another and then essentially feel super validated in the thing that you chose to focus on. Um, it, yeah, it felt like, dang, you did the right thing. Cause look at how you're being, you're getting this program and you're getting this award and you're getting verified. And I'm not trying to like list all the, how great I am, but it, it makes you feel like this decision that I labored over and lost sleep and cried and tried to figure this out with my best friend. We, we, we did it right because we're, we're being rewarded for, for this hard choice. So. Well, I think congratulations on the scholarship one. That's so I'm like a solid C student. So to even be able to say that I'm getting a scholarship for anything is awesome. (laughs) I'm with you. The only thing I did get a scholarship, but definitely not because of my grades, (laughs) but yeah, no. No school would have had me if I didn't play soccer. So <laughs> lucky for that. But yeah, that's that's incredible. That's awesome. Okay, Abby, I did not know about you. We can talk about that later because that's super cool. And I'm <laughs> interested. And also two things to Allie about um, what she just talked about. One, I would also love to um, talk to you about your career, like maybe off the air sometime because... Um, I have a degree in advertising and public relations. I did marketing. I graduated and I did marketing um, for a chiropractic office for about a year and a half, but it was during COVID. So they started not to being able to give me full-time hours and whatnot. And so um, I, it all worked out the way that it was supposed to, because I ended up going back to the restaurant um, that I was at before and because of the way the restaurant industry has changed because of COVID, I'm making like way more money than I I was doing either when I was at this restaurant before or my marketing job. So yeah, right now it's like fine, but also at the same time, like I'm working on a master's degree in journalism and I have this degree in advertising and public relations. And so I don't know, I would just, um, maybe some other time love to talk to you about uh your career because that's really cool I actually didn't know that um, 100% yeah and just you know yeah. something to keep in in mind for for you and for anyone who's feeling you know like they're floating through space I have a degree in cultural anthropology I you are more qualified than me to do my job Christina like the only thing that makes me qualified for my job is that I did the work and decided I'm going to be qualified for this. So my, my advice to you would be, yeah, pursue the things that you want to pursue. And it's really awesome that you are continuing your education. I feel like the least school person in the room, I've got a soccer scholarship and a, and a master's degree here, but, um, both of you have soccer scholarships. No, 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 no. she does. And you're hot shit too. Um, (laughs) 
all I would say about that is like, you don't need to be what anyone like expects you to be or what you think you should be on paper. Like go where you are the most valued. And if that's the restaurant, that's the restaurant. Um, if it's not, it's not, but you don't have to be, you know, what you set out to be 10 years ago on paper. So, right. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I absolutely agree with that. Um, Well, Allie, what about your social medias? What do you want to let us know what your, like for your, your earrings and the clothing? Oh, sure. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I'm, I'm hello, Allie Evans on everything. Um, and then my earring, if you go to hello, Allie Evans on Instagram, you'll find everything else. So earrings are Cooper and Brooke. Um, and, uh, boutique is just crown plus size, but like I said, they're, they're all in my bio on hello, Allie Evans. So yeah. Thank you for mentioning that. I would, I would love to. Have um, you thought about getting a link tree? I was trying to like, kind of look at your, your Twitter and your Instagram to make sure I wasn't missing anything big before the podcast. <laughs> There's nothing big. There's nothing big to report. Um, Oh, I think that we've reported plenty of big stuff that has happened to you in the last six months. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Yeah, that's probably a good idea. I just, um, yeah, that's probably a good idea. It's it's one of those things though that I'm like, oh, if I had an assistant, I would ask them to do it because as as technology savvy as I would appear, because I've created two websites. I'm uh, now I, I wouldn't know how to record this podcast and put it on the internet. So creating a link tree is like, let me get my old lady ass on ask Jeeves and ask him how, <laughs> how to make a link tree. <laughs> yeah, I think will work just no like, one knows what ask Jeeves is that's listening to this. So that's so funny. That honestly <laughs> is hilarious. No, I mean, I think, I think Google is a great asset that, you know, like I've learned how to do so many things for this podcast, but like uh, because of my advertising and public relations degree, you know, like I did have to take a lot of, um, classes about like graphic design and stuff. So I was familiar, but like, they never make you do like a whole thing, you know what I mean? And so Mm -hmm. it's, it's like, I was familiar with how to do some things. But, um, I used Google to figure, figure out how to, yeah, make sure YouTube, YouTube university is a real thing. Um, I just, you know, I'm a little bit older and I, um, I was like the last of my friends to join Instagram back in the day. I, I'm still not going to join TikTok. So I do have a threshold of like, I will internet up to this point and then I'm done. (laughs) Yeah. Well, do you have anything else besides that that you want to to add or should we move on to our recap? I would love for the portion where I talk about myself to be over. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Sounds, sounds good. Okay. So episode eight of the challenge all-stars three, it um, is called going bananas which we already kind of talked about. So um, one thing that I just kind of wanted to say too is that, I don't know, did you two know about the leak that happened in Canada? I can't remember if it was after episode two or episode three, but episode eight got posted to Paramount Plus in Canada early on this season. So people in Canada could have watched this episode early. I didn't know about that at all. Um, 
So they so they posted like episode two or three on time and then randomly right afterwards. Yeah, it was like almost like, you know, how you can like select pictures when you're making a collage or something and like, yes, it's like almost like they like clicked an extra one. Somebody just had episode eight, like in their phone and, and tried to like post on their personal Instagram and accidentally. Wow. I wonder if that person has a job. I I always wonder stuff like that. Like, you know, when like, they always say like an intern got fired today because they tweeted the wrong thing from Burger King. First of all, freaking these major corporations aren't giving their social media access to an intern. So that's not like, you know, well, sophomore in college that messed this whole thing up. But I always wonder like what the um, consequences of something like that are because there's contracts, there's like non-disclosure agreements. I mean, you get into some real murky legal territory. I'm surprised knowing that episode eight, this episode was leaked early to people in Canada that like, I didn't know about several things that happened to this episode, like specifically like the bananas aspect of it and like that he was going to be featured on it. Like I had no idea. And I feel like that's a spoiler that would have got out, but I guess it, I mean, at least I didn't see it, but I remember though a few episodes ago it was in like a this season on the challenge all-stars bananas was like on the screen remember because they tried to make it seem like Wes was pissed where Wes was like interview over but really it was him that called bananas they they used him in a this season on realize that okay I must have missed that somehow yeah so I didn't know if he was showing up as like a mercenary or it didn't even occur to me that it would be via you know video chat but yeah interesting well yeah so there's kind of a a, the beginning was a little bit slow we see um Derek and Mark um talking about making the final and um it's just kind of funny because we've seen Kayla multiple times and I know that it makes Abby so mad every time that she does it and like kind of making fun of the age thing and how how old everybody is but then you know like mark like literally says like yeah i don't see why i wouldn't be doing this when i'm 60 and it's like okay mark like that's old i mean 50s old to be doing this but like i can't even imagine doing this at like 40 let alone i mean i really couldn't even imagine doing this now i would do it now but i would fail miserably <laughs> <laughs> I also, I think that, you know, for, especially for Mark to be sort of a, a producer of this, you would think he would know, like you are in the absolute sweet spot for what people are willing to watch. Like Mark's you, producer? I'm pretty sure. Um, but, but I, I think don't overestimate how much we want to watch you because you right. can do this when you're 60 Mark, but I'm not going to be watching this. 10 years from now, if I'm watching you compete on all-stars when you're 60, I'm worried about myself at that point. Like, I know he's kidding. I know it's like a funny, silly thing, but they have the the perfect secret sauce right now for who they're bringing on and, Mm -hmm. and who we're getting excited about that. Even just to like joke, I'm like, no, this is such a sacred thing. Don't even joke about it. Like you of all people, Mark, you knew how hard it was to even get here. Don't make jokes. (laughs) right I'm not sure he was he was 100% kidding 
I don't think he was kidding either. I think that he he will be doing this when he's 60. However, <laughs> if he takes a break for like five years before he hits 60 and then he like comes back and it's like, holy shit, Mark is back and like he's 60 years old. Like I could see that being cooler than like if he's on every single season for the next 10 years. Dude, that's so embarrassing though. That's so embarrassing. S- 60 is like you're... <sighs> That's old. 60 is old. And I'm saying this as someone who feels very old in this community. Like, I don't know. I'm, I can't tell if he's kidding or not. I hope to God. I don't think that he was kidding. I think that he thinks he's got a few more years cranked out in him, but maybe. I mean, good for him. Good for him. I, I, you know, I would love to be in that kind of shape and that. As long as he's not still rocking a mohawk at 60. (laughs) Right. Are you still going to have the bandana? Like, uh, are you gonna are you gonna bring little mark with you when you're 60 years right <laughs> oh god i want to throw little mark out a window <laughs> <laughs> uh that's funny well mark has four stars Derek has four stars and um they're they basically they know that they need to win this next challenge otherwise they're in trouble because they have more stars than anybody and then we see Naya talking to Nehemiah about Jordan leaving. And she has a really big lack of confidence in herself here. And it kind of seems like she needs Jordan to help build her up. And she talks about how emotional this journey is with him because of, you know, everything that they've been through. She talks about how she used to like legitimately hate him. And now she says that she loves him. And, well, first of all, love is a very strong word, especially considering we know that they're sleeping together and it's not just like a between friends kind of love. You know what I'm saying? But, um, so I feel like that's like really interesting, but like also like, I am so sad for Naya here because of how codependent she seems to have been uh, um, with Jordan. It just, like, I always thought of Naya as, you know, of course, like, Hurricane Naya, she has a little bit of crazy in her, but, like, so does everybody else on reality TV, at least anybody else who's worth watching. So that's fine with me, but it's, it's, it's the lack of, it's... Like, I always saw her as such a confident woman that this lack of confidence really, really, really bummed me out. And then not only did the lack of confidence bum me out, but then it made me, um, reminded me how that I'm, I'm also sad because, um, Naya and Jordan were considered for season 38 and they were on because Naya wasn't medically cleared. Mm -hmm. Um, I saw somewhere that she talked about, I don't, I doubt that she said that she wasn't going on 38 because of this medical clear and clear thing. But I, I heard that she talked about on a podcast about a medical something that happened to her recently, which mm-hmm. was this, but I haven't, I have no idea which podcast it is. So I need to catch up on my Naya podcast for sure. But I don't know, do either of you know anything about what happened to Naya? I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm, it, it, I, I don't know. Like currently, I guess. 
I don't. Listen, I'm very I, much out of the loop. Um, yeah, I don't. But was it a physical thing or uh, in I, her head, like something going on? I don't know. And emotionally. I think that she, I think that there was something going around med, like medically um, based on the small amount See, I always see these things and it's like, oh, on a podcast, Naya said this, but it's only like a tweet long. So it's like not, you don't really get much from that. You have to actually like listen to her talk about it. And I, I honestly was very curious about it. And so I responded to that tweet and I was like, what podcast is this on? But they, they never responded to me. So I, I'll have to do my own research and figure that out. And honestly, like, it would be awesome if we could have Naya on sometime. I don't know if that would be a possibility or not, but that would be super cool. I would love to talk to Naya. I've already shot her a DM. <laughs> and I have not gotten a response back. <laughs> I was like, I am challenger to ever follow me, like, way before I got involved in this fan Twitter world, like, years ago. Like, I don't know why she did. Um so I try to like throw that out there. It, it didn't work. So let me just say this about the Naya thing, because what I'm watching happening is something that I <laughs> ready for the part where I make it about me. And then you get a bad podcast review on iTunes. Um, what I'm watching happening is a woman who is very vulnerable and who has made a mistake publicly for people to see. Right. I mean, she did. A, a not great thing when she got kicked off of that season of rivals. Um, and it put kind of a bad taste in my mouth about her. And I know I, you know, kind of rolled my eyes a little bit like, Oh, why is she an all-star? And she did this bad thing. She should be banned, blah, blah, blah. And what I've gotten to watch is a lot of growth, but also a lot of vulnerability and the need to be well-liked in this, in this space. Um, you know, as, as fans, we support the people we really, really like, and we, we can be cruel. I mean, to the people that we don't, we see it in this like Stan Twitter thing all the time, but Vicious. yep, I have been a woman in this challenge space. And before any of you lose your freaking minds, being on a podcast is not the same thing as being on the fucking show. I'm not delusional. Sorry. I said the F word. I know that. But I have dealt with standing side by side with Logan and me being way less likable than him just because I'm a woman that make I, 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 I make people uncomfortable, I guess. Um, and so what I feel like I'm watching is like her security blanket of Jordan that makes her more likable in probably in her mind, especially because he represents her redemption because she got kicked off for a thing she did to him I think for her she's like am I still going to be likable am I still on this path of you know vulnerable uh, growth with him gone that's what I feel like I'm watching where she's like oh my god nobody's gonna like me now because the the guy that makes me more likable and and consumable is gone does she not realize that she does the same thing for him like yeah, she might have been banned or whatever, but she was banned see like so many years ago. Like that was that was X's too. Like that was so long ago in comparison to like how many seasons have been cranked out since then. And then we see like people, yeah, like what she did obviously was like super inappropriate. But at the same time, we see like Corey and Kayla and Melissa get like two or three season bans or whatever. And then yeah. 
you know, like Jordan, obviously we saw, you know, what kind of happened to him with everything resurfacing on Twitter and everything that happened after the D ban and, and, and all of that. Like, I kind of feel oppositely, honestly, I feel like it makes sense to bring back Naya to show her growth because it's been so many years and Jordan is the one that needs Naya. Do you think Jordan has ever thought that? Yeah. Do you think Jordan has ever thought for a second about how likable he is? I think, I don't know that he thought about how likable he is, but I do think that he was, he is, a, I mean, he, he knows that he stopped getting asked for seasons and Corey kept getting asked for seasons. He knows why they broke up. I mean, we can't verify any of this because we haven't, you know, spoken to the source, but we all know why they broke up. They broke up because he got banned and he would not, I don't think have gone on the season if it wasn't a Naya Jordan duo. I don't think I, I, I get where Allie, I think I get where Allie's going with this. (sighs) Naya came on the season. I'm sure to show like her growth, but I don't think Naya would have come on if Jordan wasn't there. No. And, and I think if Naya went home last week and Jordan was still there, Jordan would not say a single word about, I don't know if I want to be here without Naya. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And if Jordan was like asked to be on, he wouldn't be like, I wouldn't be here without Naya. His ass would go on the show. So I think just from a, like a woman's perspective and do you do y'all get what I'm saying? I'm not using the yes. words right, but um, I got where you were going with that, Allie. Yeah, I think between the two of them who both have a lot to prove to this audience, mm-hmm. she has probably spent an, <laughs> a lot more time worried about how am I being perceived? Am I going to be liked? What is people's reaction going to be to me coming back? Whereas Jordan just gets to come back and not, you know, be a three-time champ and has the, I don't know. It, it just, my, my guess would be that she leans on him a lot more than he leans on her. And I, I, you know, I think it's obvious why. Yeah, I think, yeah, I do agree. I think she definitely leans on him way more than he leans on her, but I, I just think he needs her more than she needed him coming into the season. But I'm not sure he knows that. I I fully agree with you, but I don't think he he would. He he's that. yeah. That's he's not. Hard. We're aware of that. But he even if he's aware of it, he would never say that. He would never admit it. No, that's absolutely right. I yes, absolutely. Um. So after we have this like little very sad Naya Nehemiah talk, where you know they talk about their whys and. Naya says that her why was Jordan and now she like doesn't know and Nehemiah says that his why is his family um after we have that okay so this is like probably really stupid that I'm including this because it's literally to like one of those stupid little workout montages where you just like see people but I just had to bring it up because um they played the 311 song Amber and All I could think about when that happened 
was how Nick Hexum made a version of that song for Amber B after um, she won the challenge. So have either of you two heard that version? No, I didn't even know no. about that. Okay, so I'm gonna... Oh shoot, I thought I had it queued up, but I don't. Uh, give me just a second here to... I'm gonna play... Christina, you're on mute. Let me text her. I don't think she knows she's on mute. No, I knew I was on mute. I'm just trying to find it without it like playing before I'm oh, okay. ready to play. Give me just a second. Okay, sorry. Yeah, because he like talks to her and like congratulates her and stuff before. And I don't know, we don't need to listen to that. We just, I just, just the song is all I, is all I want here. All right, here we go. Whoa, Amber is the color of your energy. Whoa, shades of gold displayed naturally. Saw you run through big teeth so easy. You kick everyone's ass blind to fear. And I know I, oh, Amber is the color of your energy. Whoa. Okay. So, yeah, you get the, you get the gist. That's like pretty much all that it. Um, Who did that? Who made that song? Um, Nick Hexum, who's the lead singer of 311, who originally does the song. Oh. So pretty much what happened with that was, I can't remember exactly, but I think that Scott may have said in like a podcast or something that um, like, I don't know, like if somebody would do this, that would be awesome. Or like, I'll send you a swag pack or something like that. Like, I don't know. I can't remember exactly what it was, but there ended up being like five or six people that um, wrote into Nick Hexum to like make this cameo of him like singing this or whatever. So it, it, it was a cameo. Oh, um, okay. Okay. Yeah. And so, yeah. So he like did that. And then um, Amber obviously saw it and it was really cool too because apparently Amber's dad is like the biggest 311 band in the world and used to like follow them around the country on tour and stuff so it just was one of those things that just like fell into place perfectly for her but yeah they they played the actual song on <laughs> All Stars 3 and so I thought of that and it's so funny when the challenge infiltrates the like real well <laughs> uh-huh. the real world where like you meet someone who also watches it or they watched it like a million years ago and they're like, what's up with CT? And you're like, you still out here winning stuff. Um, (laughs) Or like when they, when a bunch of challengers realize that like Rihanna followed all of them or whatever, like, it's so funny to me when there's any mention of it 
in yeah. real life. Uh-huh. Cause I just think of it as this really small, like I have my little crew of people that watches it and uh-huh. we do the podcast and we meet the people. And when I intentionally tell people like, yeah, I'm going to this event, I'm going to meet a bunch of challengers or we had so-and-so on the podcast, whatever. They're like, who? No one ever knows who I'm talking about. But then you randomly find people like out in the wild that the challenge has been their favorite show for like 20 years. It's just, it's mm-hmm. so funny to me. Yeah, I know. Yes. And I thought that it was cool that he like actually took the time to, I'm sure he just like Googled her or like YouTubed her or whatever, but to even, you know, have the, saw you run through a big T line or whatever. I thought that was, it was, it was funny. So I just wanted to throw that in there. Uh, that's a little bit of my challenge nerdiness for you guys. But when I saw that, or when I heard that on this episode, I immediately thought of that. That's really funny because like, good for you for being connected in those ways. Cause I, I would have never known that. So my, my favorite challenge podcasts are always the people who have like a, a great knowledge of the show, the history of it, the now of it, but also like the social media things that are going on and the funny, like trending things that are going on. So <clears throat> I'm always super impressed when people can have a little bit of knowledge in a lot of different places. <laughs> well, thanks. I mean, it's like kind of the most useless knowledge ever, unless you're doing something like this. For sure. For sure. It's absolutely <laughs> useless and it will get you nowhere in life, but I'm impressed by it. And I know other people who listen to this probably are too, when you add in your little nuggets of info. Well, thanks. Well, next <laughs> we pretty much just get right into the daily. Um, the daily this week was called Flight Pattern. Uh, do you want to talk about that a little bit, Allie? Yeah, so this one was really cool. Um, and we had seen it in the trailer a bunch just because the optics are cool when you can, you know, have someone fall out of a helicopter into water that looks cool for your show because it means you spent a lot of money. Um, so so basically you go up in groups of two, you are attached uh, to the helicopter, you're kind of leaning out, you are flown over a nine piece puzzle that's all colors um and I wish they would cover the rules more thoroughly because I have often asked myself like how do you know what the top is like because it's a it's a square with nine pieces you could hypothetically rotate it still be right how do you know which way to look at it and now there's a red line that like, oh, that, that indicates the top, that indicates the bottom or whatever, but that has never been covered in any of these puzzles on any of the shows. And I always have questions. So I wish they would be like, the red is the, it, when, when TJ is describing it, the red is the top. So you just know what is going on more appropriately. But anyways, you had to memorize where each color was um, in like a three by three square. Um, and when you felt like you had memorized it, you pulled basically a rip cord that dropped you out of the helicopter and you would swim to this like floating um, dock type thing, floating surface, put the puzzle together. However, it wasn't one of those where you call for a check and you do it until you're right. You had an allotted amount of time and you just had to put your puzzle together to the best of your ability. Um, So you could have some wrong and not really know, which was kind of an interesting change of things usually we see the the typical like putting this together check no that's not right and you're like okay which one do I have wrong but this was just get as much right as you can in the allotted amount of time I think that I mean the goal was to memorize the whole thing but I don't think they had a whole lot 
obviously not very many people were able to do that. So, but I think the goal would be to memorize the whole thing. Like even, you know, John A, after she was finished and Wes is like, how much do you think you got right? She's like, all of it. The whole thing. Like, why wouldn't I? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But I thought it was interesting that it was kind of different in that you couldn't real. there wasn't really time to overthink it. You're like, I know I have to do it in this month. Everyone gets the same amount of time. So it really came down to. Well, does everybody get the same amount of time though? Because it's been, it's about how, how long you spend in the helicopter. So if you're in the helicopter for longer, you have longer to, to look at it. Right. I, I took it as, and again, this is where all of the information would come in handy, right? Because some people didn't even understand the red line thing. How are we supposed to? I I took it as your time started when you hit the water. Oh. And that the downside of staying in the helicopter too long was that you actually got flown farther away from where you were going to do the puzzle. So if, if that's how it worked, everyone did have the same amount of time. But I don't really know. It, it could have been you had the most right the fastest, but I think I'm it was sure. who had the most right the fastest because the reason that John A won is because she had the whole thing right. Right. But but and he originally said Kellyanne would have won because she got it done the fastest, but her whole thing was wrong because she didn't follow the instructions of the red line right yeah I don't know but we start this daily actually before you know even get into them their performance of it with Veronica with the worst news ever yeah I'm so sad and it's just added to the injuries that have taken people out and I mean, my, my three favorite women this season were, were Tina, Veronica and Jemmy, and they couldn't compete. I think in the ways that they would want to, if they were here, what they would tell you is that they, they didn't get to perform to, you know, the best of their ability. And, um, it's just been a bummer, especially with the nature of all-stars because you wait so long for these people to come back. I mean, this is the third season of all-stars and it's the first season we've gotten Veronica. It's a big deal. Um, and it just sucks. And it's not even like we can blame the show because she didn't get hurt doing something show related. She got hurt going down the stairs. So you can't even be mad. Like, why are you guys creating these contraptions where people hurt themselves? No, she was just going downstairs. Yeah. She was just <laughs> clumsy. Yep. I feel like it's the worst part. That must've been so disappointing for her. Um, I know that in a group chat that I've, that I'm in, uh, this was pretty heavily discussed about the fairness about medical decues. You know, um, someone brought up Hunter um, still being able to compete after he like shattered his wrist in an elimination. Um, I can't remember who, but Car Maria. Yes. Yeah, she was in like a full cast. Yeah. Yeah. So people still being able to compete. But I don't know. Tell me if you guys disagree with me here. But I think that it's just part of the changes in liability and potentially like insurance that um, the challenge in general seems to be making. I, I, you know, we have people who are getting, you know, not like officially banned, but 
the people, I feel like a lot of the people who are listening to this podcast know about that kind of a little more in-depth behind the scenes information. So we have people that, um, like even D, for example, who got publicly banned for words that she has used, or um, we see people getting more, um, getting eliminated for more physical things than we used to see. You know, we saw Fessy get eliminated recently for face mushing Josh when in Dirty 30, we saw, uh, I think it was Dirty 30, but in what, what, maybe it was Invasion or whatever, regardless, we saw Amanda face mushing um, Camilla like every other episode. So I think that they are taking a turn in what they find as not just acceptable in like verbal and physical things, uh, like violence wise, but like also they're taking that step into trying to make sure that people aren't performing medically. To me, it, it, it makes sense for them to kind of all wrap that up into one, but also it could just be favoritism or the way that they wanted a storyline to play out or something like that. What do you, what do you two think? Sorry, my husband just sprayed this window with the hose that (laughs) that I'm sitting in front of from, he's in the backyard and I was not prepared. So if you saw me, like my soul just left my body, that's why. Um, I would say that with regard to, so first talking about the main show, there's, to me, there seems to be not enough rhyme or reason to why people get sent home um, and who's allowed to break the rules and who's not. I will say for all stars, it's a different commitment. These are older people that have moved on from the show. They have full-time jobs. They can't really afford to get hurt in the same way. Um, You know, whereas the, the people on, on the challenge on MTV, they've sort of committed to their life, their lives to this. So like, if you get hurt doing it, it's like a work injury. It's not when you're like a professional basketball player and you get hurt because you wanted to learn how to skateboard like that's just dumb you're you're doing this other thing for real for real getting paid to do it so I think the liability is a little bit different on all-stars like they can't really afford to have people very seriously injure themselves because these people have to get back to their real lives that's the whole Mm -hmm. setup of the show so I think that's that probably plays into it too why there seems to be a no-nonsense policy on all-stars because um I think their liability insurance is probably a little bit greater because of what these people have to uh, not give up, but take time away from um, at home. This isn't their full-time job, like the way it is for the people on MTV who, if you get hurt, you got hurt at work. Um, Whereas it's different for all stars. That's an interesting take. I'd never thought about it that way. That's actually probably really true that the, liability and insurance and all that is different well I know too like when they did all stars one you know everyone was was stunned by that first daily where they had to go down and get the um numbered cubes in that freezing cold water and people were having really like visceral reactions um to it that was one of the things that people who were on all stars one have shared with me of like I can't afford to like 
get, I have three kids at home. I can't afford to get hurt in this, in this three week vacation that I'm on, you know? So, um, I think there is a different level of, of needing to protect, um, that cast differently because it's not their, 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 their full-time commitment. Yeah, no, that absolutely makes sense. So after we see Veronica leave, um, I mean, I guess, is there anything else you want to see about, say about Veronica leaving or any of the girls leaving for that matter? It's just such a bummer. I, I, I joked, you know, that we can't blame it on production, but the, the kind of things that you can't blame on somebody are <laughs> so much harder to swallow. Cause you're like, who do I be mad at for this? Um, and the answer is no one. It's just a bummer with all stars, you know, there's not a, not to share too much insider info, but the seat, the, the, you know, season four is, is up in the air. Mm -hmm. There's no guarantee that it it could happen. So it's just a bummer when you wait for such a long time, especially with Tina, you know, I mean, Veronica was on the show as, as recently as final reckoning. So Mm -hmm. the, the whole sort of concept of all stars they, that you've waited forever to see these people and then they they have to leave for unfortunate circumstances it's just a bummer yeah no absolutely completely agree with you I felt I really liked Tina and so I've I was very um upset when she left so I yes I've had the same days. same we we got the opportunity to interview her and um I cried for, for like a lot of it um to give you the, the very short version, you know, when I was 16, there weren't a lot of loud women on, on TV or in media, or it, it certainly wasn't encouraged to be loud and outspoken, um, the way that I think women feel empowered now. So, you know, Tina was my, was, was really the first person I saw on, on TV that felt like represented me. So to get to talk to her now as an adult and be like, you, I know you think you were on some dumb reality TV show, but you shaped the way I felt about myself. And I think probably the way a lot of women felt about themselves too. So yeah, I, I fully like sobbed when, when she came on the pod. I also had a little bit of tequila before we started recording that day, but, um, so it was an emotional cry, um, an overwhelmed cry and like a little bit of a drunk cry too. So yeah, well, I loved that. Cries are the best. Yeah. <laughs> If you have listened to our Tina podcast, but I actually referenced your podcast on that podcast. So. Oh, nice. I haven't listened. <laughs> I, I, I haven't listened to anybody's podcast. I have been so far out of the loop. You wouldn't even believe it. a couple of weeks ago. I forgot that all stars was well, granted my birth. It was on my birthday and I just forgot that it was all star day. So um, I'm pretty out of the loop. Well, you are here today and you seem to know what you're talking about, at least for this episode. So. <laughs> I paid really good attention last night because I was like, I don't want to let them down and be like, I don't know what I'm talking about. I got checked out and distracted on Twitter. Um, so basically there are um, how many people left? Nine people left? Set Nine people left? Is that right? I think there's five guys and four girls. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there are nine people left. So we get to see four um, different groups of two go. And then we see Nehemiah go by himself during this daily. 
Um, I thought it was really interesting, the music that they had behind everybody. I don't know why I'm like, I don't know. I mean, there have been a lot of our recap episodes where we'll pick out like one song that we really liked or something and we'll like mention it. But this episode, I just thought that they had a lot of really great <laughs> songs on this one. Um, when Mark and Kelly Ann went, they, they ha- were playing Walking on Sunshine. When Derek and Kayla went, they were playing Stand Up. Um, when Wes and John A went, they were playing uh, G6. So I don't know. I mean, it, all of those songs are just like so nostalgic to me, I guess. I just, I, I was just really into the music they were playing this episode. Yeah, I love that they've leaned into this whole idea of sort of transporting you back to the time mm-hmm. when these folks were on your TV. Mm-hmm. I, um, it, it really adds to the whole, like you said, nostalgia feeling of it. I love it. Yes. So, Allie, would you like to talk about anything else about the daily? I don't think so. Okay. So we get our winners. So, um, at the end of the at the end of the daily, um, we find out that John A wins. Like I said, Kellyanne was going to win. She was the fastest time, but she didn't win because she didn't follow instructions well. And then um, we find out that Mark is our winner for the guys. So um, the other thing that I guess I wanted to mention about the daily is Naya not doing it. Um, I think it's interesting that obviously it's like different, but she's a flight attendant and she couldn't do the flights one. I mean, obviously when she's a flight attendant, you know, she's not like dropping out of the plane. Completely <laughs> different. I mean, but, the goal is to not to, um, yeah. I know. I just feel for her. She's clearly so far into her own head. So it, far. Yeah. I mean, I think she's just feeling really not confident at all. Um, and it's like seeping into every aspect of the game. So I have another music reference here. So, (laughs) (laughs) uh, it wasn't something that they played, but, um, when all of this was happening to Naya, I had, okay. So have you listened to Beyonce's new song that came out like two or three days ago? Oh my gosh, I haven't. And you are the second person in literally the last hour and a half to, to bring it up. Okay, so it's called Break My Soul. Mm-hmm. And it basically is like, you won't break my soul. You won't break my soul. And <laughs> in my head, I'm just thinking like, Naya needed to listen to this song. <laughs> the, second, the second the Jordan left the house. <laughs> because yeah it kind of it when when I first like obviously heard break my soul or whatever I wasn't I didn't think of the challenge it wasn't like that but when I was watching this episode and it broke my heart to see Naya like this it made me think that Naya needs to listen to that song on repeat (laughs) I haven't heard it yet but now I feel like now that I heard you make that comparison before I listen to the song. That's probably all I'm going to be able to think about now that it's like the, the Naya song. If only, if only Naya could have heard it. 
Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and then I also thought it was funny that like Kayla's like talking shit about other people, like, oh, must not have seen the red line. And it's like, Kayla, like you didn't get your puzzle right either. And you struggled. Like you even said, like, I didn't get the last row right. So it's like, uh, I mean, I love Kayla. Everybody that listens to this podcast knows that like Kayla is my number one. I love her. But when she says stuff like that, I'm just like, shake my head. I'm like, Kayla, you're just talking shit to talk shit right now. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I, I, I feel like the goofy things that Kayla says are at like the tail end of that day's like confessional interview because it, it'll remind me of like, if I've ever said something on a podcast and then 10 seconds later, been like, what the hell was I even talking about? Um, when you get that like loopy feeling, cause sometimes, yeah, Kayla doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes that's true. I, I hate to admit it because I love her, but yeah, sometimes she, she says things that it's like, what, what did you just say? <laughs> But so after the daily challenge, we get back to the house and we see everybody um, talking about who's going into elimination. And Naya's talking to Janae and she says that she feels like she should volunteer herself to go into elimination because she didn't jump during the daily. She didn't complete it. And she thinks it's fair for her to go in. Um, And then we see this confessional of Janae and she talks about how her and um, Naya are in really similar situations because she relied on MJ like Naya relied on Jordan. And I know that we keep like kind of bringing this up, but like that's just like more confirmation to me that like wink, wink, <laughs> MJ and Johnny's <laughs> uh relationship is like Naya and Jordan's and we all know we all saw what happened with Naya and Jordan I don't know I I don't know maybe they maybe they didn't but Paramount you think think all signs lead to them hooking up I think that I think that the producers want us to believe that and at this point I don't know why they would be leaning into it so heavily if there wasn't some truth to it, especially I think like last week, one thing that like kind of nailed it in the coffin for me on episode seven was after he left and um, Mark was like kind of standing in for him and John A like throws her leg around him when they're like to cuddle or whatever. It was just kind of like, I don't know. I mean, I don't cuddle with my guy friends that are just friends unless it's like I I don't I don't know so I I feel a little funny talking about this because there's like husbands and wives and kids and stuff involved right so it it gets to into that kind of like icky territory yeah all I really know about the situation is that at some point John A took all the pictures of her husband off her social media yeah. And so the vibe that I'm getting is that John A may have been maybe not single mm-hmm. at any point of this, but maybe a little more separated, separated and felt a little more comfortable acting a different way around men. Yeah. I, I 
and it was, it wasn't so much the, the MJ thing as it was like, well, it's the MJ thing, but it's also the whole, like, (sighs) and one thing that we've talked about in, in after when we recapped, you know, the Beth episode, um, is that clearly her and her husband are working on things. And so since they're working on things, like, you know, we have to respect that and know that like whatever did happen he either knows about and they're working through or it didn't happen or also it could be something um we talked about that is similar to the Brittany and Brad situation on Final Reckoning where she told him about it and they got past it and then once he sees everything air maybe he'll think differently you know we don't Mm -hmm. we don't know Yeah. So if I may go on a 10 second, probably longer rant about Beth, first of all, fuck Beth. Um, that woman is not seeing heaven. Um, she gets brought on, quits the daily, uh, takes out Kendall in an elimination that whatever, then gets into the elimination for the very next episode and quits. Any, anybody else? we'd be talking about, please don't ever call him again. So please don't ever call Beth again. Agreed. But I think Beth's perception of what's appropriate is so f- fucked up anyway, because I can tell you as a married woman, Abby, you're married. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't go on TV and make jokes about a former fling. Like the way she still talks about Nehemiah, like her little tenderoni, like I would not embarrass my husband in that way. So I think her like line of what's appropriate is a mess anyway. So for her to go on there and say what she said about MJ and John A, like these are people's lives. These are people's marriages. These are people's children that could watch this. Um, You know, Kendall jokingly, not jokingly, Kendall has this really cute thing where she watches, um, with her kids and like tweets about it. And it's really adorable. And I just have to wonder, like, what's the conversation, a, the language, (laughs) what do we, (laughs) wait a second, but like, how are you handling that with like, explaining what an affair is? I don't know. The whole thing is just like, I I just think Beth like (sighs) has absolutely no perception for like what's appropriate. So the fact that she even, did what she did about MJ and John A. And I don't feel protective over MJ and John A at all. I just think Beth makes a lot of choices that I, I wouldn't make. That's the nicest you know, way I can it, think to say that. It goes back to like when Beth and Veronica were having their talk and Beth was like, I would like to think that we have grown up. And I'm like, girl, you have not grown up at all. Yeah. You are still the same messy, like, troublemaker I know people like mess but hers is just a different kind of mess like it's not a cute kind of mess that she but it's also yeah that's the perfect comparison Abby because like okay so you want to act like you're all grown and mature I can't believe we're talking about Beth and she's not even on this episode I hate that we're even giving her the time in my brain but you want to come on and act like you're grown and you've evolved and you're like grown up Beth first of all we saw you on your real world season you were a disaster well I didn't I just know she was a disaster but you don't get to be the grown up and like, oh, it's water under the bridge, Veronica, and then turn around and start talking about people having affairs. Like, you don't get to cherry pick when you act grown. You're either grown or you're not. So you're not. I'm assuming you're not. 
Anyways, that was my much longer than to get 10 seconds from that foul person. I feel like you've been wanting to get this off your chest for a while, so I'm glad. I don't have a podcast anymore. I can't tell about these people. (laughs) It's okay. Let it all out. I have been wanting to say that Beth is like, the uh, such a vile person for weeks and I've had nowhere to say it so thank you yes of course well after um that little uh interaction that we had there um we see Wes talking to Nehemiah and no matter what, one of those two are going in. And so they're talking about how they need Derek to go in because they want to take his stars. They want to go against Derek. And so Wes at first is clearly like trying to get Nehemiah to like, be like, oh yeah, I'll go into elimination. But Nehemiah just flat out is like, I don't care enough about the stars to volunteer. So Wes then like, literally you see him like think about it and I think it's kind of funny because he equates the stars to Mario Kart and like getting, you know, like the little um, banana peels. And he's like, I'm just going to be throwing banana peels behind me the whole, whole um, final. And I just think that that's hilarious and perfect because it reminded me so much of the grenades, but it also brings it back to this like old school kind of era kind of like with the music so I just thought that that was like the perfect analogy that he could have uh, made I don't compliment Wes all that much on this podcast everyone <laughs> does something though that I think is hilarious and that was one of them so I actually found it super corny <laughs> Did you? Um, that, yeah and you know what ruined it for me and I, so now I'm going to ruin it for you guys is that I feel like Wes is so um hyper aware of the production side of things like I when he volunteered to go into an elimination for Brad a few weeks ago I am convinced that that happened primarily because Wes could read the writing on the wall that he was going to get the bad edit against yes that whole thing was happening and he was like I need to do a good guy thing because I I have been doing this long enough to know that I'm going to get a bad edit here. And so he's like, let me do this thing. So I feel like, you know, we've been seeing that little soundbite of Wes being like, I'm going to fuck you up for like weeks. It was in the very first trailer. So for me, that whole thing felt really corny and dumb. And then it was like his way of being like, oh, let me give them a soundbite that they can use. Like sometimes Wes gets a little too far into the like, let me produce content for this show. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm a West fan, even though he's oh, done. Me too. Even though he's done stuff that I'm not, have not been, have not wanted to say that I'm still a West fan. But this episode, I wanted to punch him multiple times. So corny, right? I, I could, I was. And then with him talking about, I don't need this money. I don't know when that part was, but talking about how he doesn't need this money. He He's here for the trip. There were just so many like West moments that were like, just, just too much for me. And I love him. But he's definitely got an ego on him for sure. But I can kind of see how he feels like he's made his mark on the 
um, flagship show and how he like feels like he deserves to be in this all-star house. But like, he also isn't as old school as, I mean, he's not as new school as like Kayla and Jordan and Sylvia, obviously, but he's not as old school as um, Tina and Beth and, you know, like some of the, and Veronica, you know, like some of the real OGs. So I think that he feels like he needs to make his mark here too. Yeah, no, I can, I can agree with that. I mean, it's Wes being Wes, but he just, he just irked me a little bit this episode. So then Derek is talking to Mark about how he wants to go against Nehemiah. Mark um, knows whoever he puts in is going to choose Derek to go against anyways. So Mark is thinking that he wants to put Derek in so that he can choose who he goes up against based on um, the whatever the elimination is. So then we see Wes on his way to make a business call. And he tells Mark that he's bringing in an intellectual mercenary. And we find out that he calls bananas, which is the reason why the title of this episode is called Going Bananas. So he (laughs) talks to Wes about everything that's going on. He tells him about the stars. And, okay, first of all, banana says my how the turned tables which no what was that wait i think that's i think that's like an actual like inside joke because um it's a it it might be a reference to the office but i think he was like joking i'm i'm never one to defend bananas but i there's a a scene in the office where michael scott says how the turntables have turned um and so i think it is kind of a jokey silly thing to say that wrong intentionally Gotcha. Okay. I, I mean, bananas was just being an idiot. Well, he, I, yeah, I, yeah. But I also think he's like talked in front of a camera enough to know that. Yeah. That was just yeah, something like that. goofy and funny. I think he's not Nelson. He doesn't screw up sayings. Oh. So maybe it was on, maybe it was just an inside thing. I didn't get it though. Even though I love the office, I, I don't remember that. I was like, what, what is he, what is he talking about? Yeah, um, I guess I don't know, but this whole, okay. I don't know what I thought was more cringe, the conversation, the fact that Wes is able to tell Bananas all of this information about what's going on during filming. I mean, I have to assume that they had Bananas send an NDA, like that can't be that hard. He's, in their system i'm sure he signed five million of them for him so i assume that that was the case and why that was able to happen but i want to know can i just share one like insider thing to you because yes this was super cringe but i when you are on so when they go on these shows they basically make lists of people that they would might want to call um and they provide like phone numbers and contact information. And then production will reach out to those people and have them sign an NDA. It doesn't guarantee that they're going to call during the show. But all that that really tells me is that either someone had the idea that this would be funny or that Wes genuinely, like when he was making his list, was like, I'm going to put bananas on mine. Um, 
and, and it could be the kind of thing, you know, like technically Jenna has talked to Zach uh, on video chat, a former cast member and like fills him in on the game. So it's kind of the same thing. If you think of bananas as like Wes's mistress, um, but yeah, that, that's how that works. It's like, you know, if you're going to potentially, they schedule the call, you know, you're going to get the call. So this definitely was like a bit that everyone was in on. So do we think that this was Wes's idea? That's what, that's the biggest thing that I want to know. Is this production's idea for, I, I mean, obviously production was in on it. I 100% like believe that. But whose idea was it? Was it production's idea to like, oh, hey, Wes, like maybe you should call Bananas at some point? Or was Wes, or was it Wes's idea to call Bananas? Because I feel like if it's Wes's idea to call Bananas and not production's idea to call Bananas, even if it is pre-planned and stupid and cringy and all of that, I, I do want to give, you know, producer Wes a little bit of credit here because that was, I mean, they named the episode after him. It wasn't, it wasn't a bad call. We're all talking about it, whether you love it or you hate it. It reminds me a lot of Notegate, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So do you guys talk about like casting, not spoilers, but like insider info Yes. on this podcast? So like, you know, that bananas was part was supposed to be on this cast and was allegedly all things are alleged dropped at the last minute yes so I kind of wonder if for whatever reason that bananas didn't do this season um if the idea came out of like quarantine before the season like when that all started to happen to me it felt like when they were secretly working together and then they started doing their like dual confessionals I think it's probably one of those things where like one of them jokes about it. The other one's like, oh yeah, that'd be so funny. And then they're like, production would love it. Because like I said earlier about Wes, both of them have the ability to put on their, their producer hat and like create moments intentionally for the show. Yeah. So the last thing that I want to say about bananas. Okay, I don't even know if I even want to say this, but I feel like I just, like, have to because it was such, it was, in my opinion, the stupidest part of the episode. Why did we have to see Bananas ass twice? Like, I just can't. I just can't. Like, the phone call, fine. It's stupid. It's produced. Like, it's whatever, you know, but, like, even, like, it just tells like, me that like their their sense of humor has not evolved since the second they started doing reality TV. <laughs> like that bananas was like, oh, you know, it'd be so funny. <laughs> My butt. You know what I mean? Like, oh, how is that still your like barometer for what is funny? And not even like just like what is funny, but like what is like appropriate in society today. I mean, like we all n- know about bananas having a past like he was no angel I understand that he's grown whatever he says he's grown he's trying to portray that image totally get all of that but like then why did you do this 
because uh, you're not doing anything to someone but like you literally just watched i made a million people watch us look at your butt twice this episode for what i don't know but i feel like wes was very awkward and uncomfortable doing that whole conversation i don't think wes was uncomfortable i think he was uncomfortable when he saw his butt but i think wes was into that conversation personally i don't know the whole thing was just awkward to me it was that was yeah yeah so after after we see bananas talking to 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 wes on this stupid phone call that we see most of the phone calls i like to talk about but this one i mean it's like the biggest one that we have to talk about and it's like why this was just to me it was cringy it was stupid it was not necessary and yeah i i was I was not, I was not a fan, and, but also if, if like, if it was Wes's idea for this, then like, even if he put bananas on his list to talk to at some point during the season, to pick now to talk to him about like going against Derek and like, I mean, bananas eyes got wide, they got big when Derek said, when he was like, yeah, going against Derek Kaczynski's like, you know, like, I mean, a lot of people don't want to face Derek in an elimination. He's a pit bull, you know, like. It was to- funny, though, because I feel like every matchup of All-Stars, like, blows my mind. Like, when we, when we got, like, a Darrell versus a Jordan elimination, I was like, on what planet is this, like, a normal elimination to watch? So every elimination is a headliner. So when, when, I think when, when Wes was like, yeah, it might be me versus Derek. Bananas was probably like, geez, holy shit. Like everybody's a big name. Every single elimination is like mm-hmm. the biggest of the season. I think that's like what that was that he was reacting to that. Yeah. No, I that's a very, very good point. So after this whole bananas and West conversation, we see Kayla talking to John A. And they're kind of talking shit about Callie-Ann. And um, she, Johnny is telling her about how Naya volunteered to go in. And it kind of set Kellyanne over the edge. So much so that Kellyanne said that she wants to go in. because She wants to choose who she goes against. She is not, you know, like she's ready to go in. And then in the same conversation, somehow um, Johnny gets Kayla to say the same exact thing. Because she wants to choose who she goes against if one of the girls is going to pick her so um johnny kind of is in a very good position right now so then we have our little authority meeting of johnny and mark kind of talking about all of this together um abby do you want to talk a little bit about that yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna condense this pretty much but so basically they're talking John A Derek or Mark says that he's not gonna um you know Derek's his number one guy not gonna throw throw him out there they talk about how Wes volunteered to go in and they neither one of them kind of want to give neither one of them want to give Wes um that satisfaction so ultimately christina i'm sorry can you take over yeah no that's fine um so 
ultimately John is telling Mark about um, how all three girls are okay with going in and Mark tells um john a about the conversation um conversations that he's had and that he thinks derek is going in no matter what and since derek is like you know kind of one of his closest allies right now he wants to make sure that derek has the best shot of coming back um so they decide that kayla and derek are who is going to go into elimination and i think it's really interesting that john a says she puts um, Kayla into the elimination because they both won a lot. Um, when she started doing this interview, I thought it was going to go the complete opposite way that it did. Um, what she said was that they both won a lot and they've been in a lot of authorities together. So she wants Kayla to be able to do well and be able to choose who she goes up against um, in the elimination because she wants Kayla to get another star. That's what she said in her interview. I thought it was going to go the complete opposite way. I thought she was going to say, I want Kayla to go in because we have both won a lot and we've been in a lot of authorities together. And I want to make sure that Kayla's in elimination because if I don't have to run against the person who has done the second best next to me or like the best next to me or whatever, that's still right. left here, then like, that's a good thing if she goes home. So I, for, I, that's what John A says, but really I think that it's a win-win for John A either way. Yeah. But I thought that was interesting. I was surprised that she, she did that. I didn't think she, she was that big of a fan of Kayla, but to, to give her the option that I wasn't expecting that. It's really interesting to me that this entire game, pretty much up until now, the treehouse has pretty much ruled the game. They've, they've, they dominated the game. They've run the game. You know, they've been the leaders of the game, the entire game. But now we see that Kayla and Derek are going in and they're the last two members of the treehouse going into elimination. I mean, the, the whole conversation about elimination is just really different now than it was at the beginning. We're kind of at the point where, um, people would rather have their name said so they can pick. I mean, if this isn't your typical who should go in conversation, which is annoying because on paper, you know, uh, I feel like Mark should be sending Brad in or, or Wes directly in, not so people can pick and do whatever they want, but because that's, I think his biggest competition in a final, the fact that John a wasn't like, I know Kellyanne can beat me in a final. I'm sending her in because that's the only way she could potentially go home is if she's down in there. Like, I feel I like ever, no one's really thinking. I feel like no one's really thinking the, the way we're used to seeing them think. I don't think John A thinks that Kellyanne can beat her in a final. I know that they could technically, you know, tied for first for the women on um, season one, but I think that John A thinks she's had improved a lot since then. And I, I, I think she thinks she can beat Kellyanne in a final now. I could be wrong, but I, I think that, especially having that confidence of the win under her belt from last season, I, yeah, I don't know. I think that John- I mean, I think one of the biggest mistakes you can make in this game and any game is, is underestimating your opponent. And Kellyanne is an extremely underrated player. She has been since she's been on this show. So I think if John A thinks that she's winning the final, it, whether or not she's in there with Kellyanne or not, it, it, 
she's making a mistake by underestimating Kellyanne. Mm-hmm. That's who I would be sending in 100%. Um, she's just, she's incredibly strong and um, she's a really good competitor and she's played this game a lot and she has never had um, a, a big, super reliable alliance. And sometimes I think having a big alliance um can actually sort of screw you up for the end because you're used to having the numbers and you have this like security blanket of other people, but you don't want to mess with someone who's never really had an alliance because they're used to going at it alone. They're not afraid of your numbers because they've always been up against it. So I think, I think she's making a mistake by underestimating Kellyanne if that's what she's doing. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think, I think she's underestimating her too, because Kellyanne really is, and she has great endurance. She's, the only thing really is she's not good at puzzles. So I don't know, maybe she thinks she can beat her there. I'm not really sure, but um, yeah, no, I agree. Kellyanne is very, very underrated competitor for sure. So Abby, are you okay to talk about the elimination? What we saw of it? Um, okay, I can try. I'm sorry, y'all. Kyler's on a something, something else tonight. Um, so they walk into the elimination and what do they see on the ground? And they're all like, Oh my God, you know, it's, it's pole wrestling. And Wes talks about how him and Derek made pole wrestling, what it was. Derek talks about how he's played a lot of variations of pole wrestling over the years. And I guess he's most, the most famous one is, you know, him and him and Josh, Josh, yeah, Josh going, going at it for, for that long, a few seasons ago, but, um, Derek has his chance for redemption to call out Wes who beat him. I don't know, 15 years ago in a pole wrestle mm-hmm. and he said 16 years, 16. Okay. Um, and he does not do it. He chooses to go up against Nehemiah. Um, and then it starts with them going at it and some of I think it was Naya and John A and Wes were ruthless. I mean, they were, they were just wanting Naya to, or Nehemiah to tear Derek apart. Mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all heard like everything that they were saying. Um, and then the episode pretty much ends there with a cliffhanger. Yeah. And so what will happen next? I hate that it ended in a cliffhanger. I hate cliffhangers. I think they're stupid. I think that Final Reckoning is one of the best seasons of the challenge that you can binge, but watching it week to week was terrible because every single episode ended in a cliffhanger and I'm, I'm not a fan. So those are my thoughts on cliffhangers. Sorry, I was talking and didn't realize I was on mute. It's like, I've never done this before. Um, my, my problem with cliffhangers is that they mess up the flow for everything else moving forward like we didn't get an elimination in this episode does that mean we get to the next episode what like it always hits this weird honestly I think what's going to happen is we're going to see the elimination we're going to see them go home and or they're going to just start the final right from that elimination and oh, maybe final and then we'll get the second half of the final on the last episode so there's two episodes left but also are they definitely doing a girls elimination uh, elimination because yeah so there's a mismatched number and not you know my husband said this he was like please don't take this the wrong way but this lead up to this either Derek or Wes or Derek 
Nehemiah, you would think they would put the girls first just because there's been so much buildup to the guys elimination. So it kind of makes me wonder if there isn't going to be a girl's elimination. I thought that too, Allie. I was like, why are they doing this, this big match? So I think there is. Um, and for a couple of reasons, first we see in the preview to next week, we see Nia, Maya and Derek continue to battle, but then we also see Kayla and Kellyanne setting up to start. They like literally have their hands on the pole. So I think that they definitely do battle and, and have, um, a quote unquote elimination. But in my opinion, what I think happens is I don't think that they're fighting to stay in the game. I think they're fighting for Veronica Starr. So what? So do all five girls run the, I mean, there's next there's only, girl. There's only four. Well, one guy will get eliminated and all of the girls will stay is what I'm saying. And they'll be four and four. I think they're going to do this whole setup. Like come down here, everybody grab the pole. And then TJ is going to be like, wait, never mind. <laughs> Maybe, but, or I think that it could be something like um gosh what was it I think it was in double agents maybe it was in spies lies and allies but um big t got eliminated they did the whole elimination and she got eliminated by emmy so I guess it was last season and then because somebody got injured or something before they were like guess what you get to go back and so then they brought big t back again after like she lost the elimination so it could also be something like that because I mean we just saw that you know yeah, but that was kind of dumb. <laughs> it was kind of dumb, but we need. Maybe. And I know spoilers, but I do not remember how this plays out, to be honest. So if either one of y'all do, you can tell me when we get off. But Allie, I know you need to get going. I need to get going too. So we'll. Yeah, so Kyler can talk to me. I'm so <laughs> sorry to my co host and guest co host for what a crazy job. Yeah, she just goes me. Yes, what a crazy daughter I have. But um, Allie, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for asking and um, for you know asking the questions at the beginning. It's it's really flattering to feel like people care what I have been up to and to get to fill you in on Logan too. I we we miss doing this. I mean, um. This is so much fun, just getting to like sit with friends and chat about our favorite show. So we definitely miss it. Um, but I I was super flattered to be asked, and um, yeah, especially by y'all, who I think very highly of. And I'm glad that you started a podcast and that it's going well. And I'm proud of you guys. Not to sound all like old, but I am very proud of y'all. And um, well, thank you. Excited to see you know where this project goes for y'all. Yeah, well, well you I- have not skipped a beat, Mama. <laughs> you, you slid, you slid right in and did perfection. You, it was all because of the notes. It was all because of the notes. <laughs> no, you're a natural. But seriously, yeah, you are a natural. Well, thank you so so much for coming on, Allie, and thank you, um, everybody who has tuned in. It has been great, um, and um, we will see you next week. <laughs>